Welcome to Maybe Good Movies, where we talk about movies, TV shows, and maybe other good stuff. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. I'm Jacob, and here with me is... Monica. And James. And uh, I'm sick. I'm really sick, and this sucks. But did not want to miss a week, so we're still here. Um, let's start with what we've been watching. Uh, why don't you two go first so I could rest my voice for a second? I <laughs> could get a little bit of water. Um, so as kind of a, uh, I've been watching a lot of TV and consuming a lot of media recently within these last two weeks. So two weeks ago, my father had surgery. And so we've been kind of taking care of him. And as way of the healing process, he's been watching a lot of movies. And so he's watched through all of the Star Wars movies. Um, and Except Solo. Except for Solo. Um, um, he was going to watch it last night, but we instead were just like, we're, he was, he, we were going to watch it today. And I was just like, no, I want to watch the Avengers. And so we ended up watching that instead. Okay. I just, um, hope it's not, I hope it's not a crazy reason. Like it's like, it's bad or something. No, 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 no. We like, we like solo. I just wanted to watch the Avengers. Okay, good. I was, I was ready, ready to fight there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> You're ready to go to bat for solo. Hey, I think it's a really good movie. I just think it's really dark in parts. You think like physically dark. dark. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why it's so dark. That is, that is a weird. Part. I don't know either. That's something that the Batman does really well with is that it, it, you can, it's dark. It's a, like a dark movie, but you can actually still see things. Yeah. But anyways, Spain doesn't think it's too dark. Shush. <laughs> and so, um, and then yesterday he decided to take a break from um, Star Wars and he decided to watch the Lord of the Rings okay. and his girlfriend came out and visited. She's visiting and um, she hasn't seen the Lord of the Rings in a while. And so he started to kind of try to explain because he was on the third movie and she's just like, I don't want you to go back and have to watch the first two movies over again. Um, and so he was trying to explain the first two movies. And I just like, I was like playing, a, I was playing the switch and I like stopped my game and I was like, let me explain. <laughs> so I took on the explaining and I kind of explained what was going on with the Lord of the Rings. And I was just watching, I sat down and I watched like a scene from the two towers yes like the other day and it was a scene where Theoden um he uh gets um healed from um having the evil curse over him and um Gandalf's just like here you need to take your blade like maybe your strength will come back if you take your sword and I got like oddly emotional at that point I was like oh my gosh this is so freaking good like it's just an it's been so nice to watch these rewatch all these shows because I've just had these moments where I'm like, ah, oh, this is so freaking good. <laughs> this is just like with Star Wars and then with Lord of the Rings, it's like, oh, this is just beautiful. And like, I just had this nostalgic moment of just loving these shows. And it was just, it was really nice. Yeah, they're just good stories. It's oh, been, it's been so nice. Good. You know, I do my, my thing where I work from home sometimes and, and I uh, come in later in the day and I just like, pop in and out and, and i'm seeing you know different scenes and and parts of the movies and it's it's been really enjoyable to get those reminders 
I almost started tearing up watching Lord of the Rings last night. Oh my gosh, yeah. It was the third one, and how can you not? I don't know. I've never seen it, so. Well, that's right. You've never seen Lord of the Rings. You were speaking a lot of gibberish just now. <laughs> you, need to, you need to watch Lord of the Rings. They're I do. I do. Everyone says that. They, uh, they were pretty big. Anything else? Well, we've been watching, we've been playing a lot more video games too. Uh, oh, Monica yeah. just finished up uh, some Tomb Raider games. So I've been... I did the Rise of the Rise of Tomb Raider and the Shadow of Tomb Raider, and they were really cool. Those are they, really good games. They are, and I love, I love Lara Croft in them. I just think she is just such a fun character to play. She's so she's so badass like she's just so cool and i like that she's got this like she's not perfect she messes up but she's also trying really hard to do the best that she can do um also i love the fact that they have like this love interest of jonah and it's just like she does not have any interest in jonah but she has so much like she's so into like in Rise of um, Tomb Raider, she's so into Jacob, and then, which I think she's so into Jacob, and then in the second one, I think she's so into um, the chief leader of the lost city, the hidden city, like the woman, like they're so into each other. It's just like, what are we, like, like poor Jonah is like sitting there doing everything he can for her, and she's just like, yeah, no, I'm not interested in you. I just thought that was such a funny thing throughout the whole game. He, like dropping all these hints like oh yeah i'm in love with you and he, she's just like oh that's nice <laughs> <laughs> have you seen the uh the movie that released a couple years ago the tomb raider movie oh yeah that was so good i haven't seen it i should get around to that who's in that one um ghost from uh ant-man and the wasp are in there oh cool. it? Is it her 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 was it? That's an Arrested Development joke there for you. Was it? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, that show is so great. Um, what's her name? It looks like Alicia Vikander. Yeah. Okay. She just. The thing is, is like. Um. Laura Croft just gets the crap beaten out of her, and that's just how it goes. And she does, she just gets, she gets, like it feels like the movie, like it feels like the video game. And like, she's jumping from like, there's this plane scene that's like totally like right from like, the, like what I, in my head, I could see it happening in the, the video game. And she just gets like beaten up and she's just like, you know, the parts in the, the video game where she's like crawling, trying to get somewhere. And she's like been punched and stabbed. And like, that's how it is in the movie. Like she's just, she's, just taken through the ringer. Yeah, yeah, they're good games. Um, I uh, they announced a new one. They're making a new one. Really? Oh, yes, uh, but let's move on because uh, this oh, is not, <laughs> not a video game <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, Lego Star Wars. That kind of that's actually what started us getting to watch uh, the, the Star Wars movies. Nice. Really good. Yeah, really good. Um, and then uh, Moon Knight as well um so moon knight's good. been a very good show uh jacob we're excited for you to watch it when it's all uh 
when it's all released. Um, two more weeks, it'll all be released. Yeah, yeah. It's a, uh, it's a very, it's, it's a good one. Yeah, that's all I'm gonna say for now. Cool. I, I'm excited to watch it. I'm hearing good things. Um, I hear it's pretty disconnected from the MCU as a whole. Is that accurate? Yeah. Which is kind of nice. It's refreshing. Yeah. Because it's just like I don't like we don't have to look for like Easter eggs and connections to the MCU. Like it's just this comic book hero. Although it that. was this morning I was uh um talking <laughs> with Monica and uh, I was it just it, it struck me that there's there's one character's motivation and this is I'm gonna try to speak in, in, in specific vague terms for you. Um but there's one very a person who's being represented as the as the evil and the enemy and they have the same motivation that was expressed by a hero in one of the avengers movies you can you and can so say it in the first five minutes of the of the first episode i uh, will talk about it later we don't want to spend too much time on it but it's it's interesting to see an enemy like a a uh uh an evil motivation being represented by a hero in a previous movie so um but when we go into our moon night review uh if we're going to do that um then well, we, we can talk about well, we are <laughs> then we, we are. can talk we're about it. talk about it once uh once the whole thing is uh is released and i get around to it we are going to go into depth on uh, moon night but that'll be a couple a few weeks sounds good how about so, you what do you think about you, jacob yeah i um so like i said i'm sick and i have been sick for the last two weeks um this i think i got the flu or something and it has rocked my world. Um, I got COVID tested, pneumonia tested, and, and it's nothing. I, I was just a really, really bad cough. And um, it has been the worst. And for some reason, when I'm sick, I don't like watching TV or movies. I like just playing video games. So that's, I also just basically played video games the last couple of weeks. Um, I'm able to just turn my brain off, not think about things. Um, but I did watch, I finished what if Marvel's what if, <coughs> and, uh, I'll say overall, I think the show was pretty weak. I think the animation was really bad. And, uh, especially because I know that Disney can afford a lot better than what I saw. Um, but the animation during the fight scenes in the party Thor episode and the last two episodes was pretty good. But uh, yeah, I just, I, the art style of that show just really turned me off. The voice, some of the voice acting was horrible. Um, like the, uh, the guy who plays Bucky, what's his name? Sebastian Stan? Sebastian Stan. He is one of the worst voice actors I think I've ever heard in my life. Really? <laughs> yeah, it was bad. Um, you could just hear it in his performance. He just did not sound like he wanted to be there. He sounded bored and like annoyed that he was being asked to do this. But there were some good performances. Um, I think the, the bad ones kind of stood out a lot to me. Um, Chadwick Boseman was really good. I'm gl really glad that he was in so many episodes before he passed away because uh, he sounded like he was having the time of his life. And I think he loved playing Black Panther. So I'm really happy that he was able to do that. Yeah, I loved, I loved having 
Chadwick Boseman in those episodes, but I can't believe you didn't like the animation. And I thought the last scene with the Witcher, with the Watcher, um, where the second to last episode with the Watcher going through different dimensions was so cool. So I'm, I'm very shocked. But I will say this is that you watch a lot more anime and mm-hmm. I watch a lot more like Disney movies and like we watch different animated movies. And so I think that's why we differ on that opinion because I didn't like Star Wars visions very much. And you like that a lot. And I like what if and you didn't like it. And so I'm wondering if that's wise because we watch different types of now do you did you not like star wars visions because of the animation or because of the the style of storytelling i liked most of the storytelling i liked so the episode i that was my least favorite was the was the sibling one it was so weird and like so beyond anything that i really like enjoy um and that's so, crazy. That was the best episode. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. That's my lead. Like, I don't like that one. I think I like the storyline, but I don't like the way that they presented it. Um, what was the other one that I really liked? That um, I'm, I'm just remembering the ones that I liked now because I kind of pushed the ones that I didn't. I think I think for me, didn't even for me, for me, American animation tends to be a little lifeless. Um, I really like when Disney, like, I like Disney's big movies because they put a lot of heart and effort into their, like, movies like Encanto, Frozen, um, Pixar movies are usually really well done. Um, but generally, to me, in my opinion, American animation is a little, uh, I don't know if lazy is the right, yeah, yeah, a little lazy. And um, I felt that in What If, because, you know, again, this, this is Disney. They can they can afford really nice looking stuff, and uh, when I compare something like Encanto to What If, the animation is just completely different, and it's just way more shallow in in What If to me. Um, if you like it, that's great, and and um, it just wasn't my cup of tea. Interesting. Mm-hmm, that's very interesting. How did you feel about the zombie episode? I didn't like the zombie episode. I thought it was really boring. <laughs> Interesting. Now, I, I, um, I spoke to my wife. We, we've been watching it separately because she's working in Pennsylvania right now. And um, she told me that, um, I, I, I warned her. I was like, these episodes are kind of boring um, until the last two. Or even episode eight was really good. Episode nine, I thought, I thought, thought was a little weak. But um, she, she told me that the zombie episode was probably her favorite one. So I was like, well, I don't know. Opinions differ. <laughs> I was, um, it, you, you brought up the voice actors, and it's interesting to see how many are voice actors and brought they were brought into the pro- project for that. Um, like Lake Bell, who does um, uh, Black Widow, I think she does a, a really good job, and she does, and like you, you, she becomes a new character for Black Widow, I think. Um, yeah, I felt like the first, I think the first episode she was in, I didn't like her, but then as she like, I feel like as she got more comfortable being Black Widow, her performance got better. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's also a, this is a, a symptom of the the environment that 2020 was. Um, and a lot of these, they were in individual recording studios or in their home recording studios, as opposed to being 
you know, together and recording, you know, as a, as a group, or at least in the same studio. Or even reading the script together. Yeah. Like they didn't do any of that. Like they were just completely. Um, but, uh, looking through the actors, I realized that they, for Howard Stark, they brought back Dominic Cooper, who was the first Howard Stark. And as opposed to John Slattery, who is the, uh, is Howard in the later MCU movies. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, Chadwick Boseman is a stand-up performance in that. You're right. He he sounds happy. Seeing him in that role of being able to be Star Lord, like that is such a cool take on Star Lord. Yeah, I I really oh man, it's really tough because I really liked a lot of the concepts, but I did not like that episode either. I think I think a lot of the episodes had problems. Um, but yeah, the, the concepts of, of every what if episode were really good. So I'll give it that. Concepts least, are good. At least there's that. I. Yeah. So what else, what else have you been watching, Jacob? Um, that's that's pretty much it. I, I'm still watching a couple of things. You know, I keep watching Impractical Jokers, The Simpsons with my kids, The Witcher with my wife. Um, we're working on that. We're probably going to finish that this weekend. Um but yeah, that's pretty much it. I watched What If and then played a lot of video games. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but let's jump into some news real quick. And then we are going to talk about as our topic, uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe as a whole. Uh, I have a lot of feelings about the MCU. Um, All of them so, positive. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about it. But news. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse has just been delayed from this year to next year. And that makes me really sad because Into the Spider-Verse is probably the best Spider-Man movie of all time. Oh, yeah. So, Hands down. So yeah, good. That, that is good animation, by the way. That, that movie is beautifully animated. It's incredibly stylized. And uh, the fact that Sony showed up Disney in marvel animation is a little sad but that's beside the point sorry i, I keep ducking on what if uh I'll, I'll move on you know you secretly love it it's okay <laughs> so um you know what let's talk about four last um the north been just released are you familiar with that movie at all i've seen i've seen trailers and marketing for it but i am not familiar with it okay so it was directed by the guy who directed, I talked about the Meyerowitz stories. Yeah. I, I believe it's the same guy. Let me, let me double check that. So I'm not touting, you know, spouting out misinformation here. Um, the Northman. Okay. Robert Eggers has also done. Yes. No. Okay. I was wrong. Meyerowitz stories is Noah Baumbach. Okay, yeah. I was thinking of something else. I had a conversation with uh, my sister earlier where we talked about the, the writer of... You had mentioned the writer of Madagascar 3 wrote the Meyerowitz stories and Marriage Story. Oh, that's, what was, that's what I was thinking of. He directed The, the Lighthouse, which is a film that has gotten rave reviews, um, also distributed by A24, who also distributed... Um, everything everywhere all at once so they put out good movies and robert eggers is apparently a really good director 
So I this movie really went under the radar for me, but it just released and I'm really interested because it's been getting good reviews. I've learned more about Robert Eggers and uh, I want to see it. I think I might see it this week. So yeah, I'll update that whenever I get around to it. Probably next episode, we'll talk about it briefly. Uh, but yeah, that's out. And then also the unbearable weight of massive talent released as well. That's the one I'm that's- so excited for that. I'm a big <laughs> fan of Pedro Pascal. Yeah, yeah. Nicolas Cage and Pedro Pascal. What a duo. Uh, that I'm really excited to see that. Um, I'm actually a little torn. I'm probably going to see one movie this week, and I'm, I'm a little torn on which one I should see first. So <laughs> it's a toss up, but I'll get around to both. Are you two planning on seeing that? Yeah, but we're probably not going to see it in theaters just because okay. we can only get a babysitter. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> but uh no with uh with that one it's been so fun watching all the the marketing like pr- and promotional videos about that um he uh nick cage did a uh, reddit ama which was good and then he did a uh, a wired autocomplete interview um which would, again was great um i knew that he was related to somebody i didn't realize it was francis ford coppola and uh he in the one interview he talks about how he was uh, on his first movie set and people kept uh, um, shouting guy, uh, good morning, Nicholas, like good morning, Vietnam from, uh, what is it? Apocalypse now or what? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, because Francis Ford Coppola directed it and, and he was his nephew. And, and so he changed his name to Nick Cage and based it off of uh, Luke Cage from Marvel comics. Yeah, that was a cool, uh, cool fact that you, some cool facts you sent about Nicolas Cage this week. I, uh, I appreciated those. That it, he's, Nicolas Cage is always really fun to, to watch act. He is not great, but he's fun. He does everything. And he just like, yeah. <laughs> he, he, just, he can't say no because he needs the money. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> The man likes buying things. Um, Just to be clear, uh, Francis Ford Coppola, he uh, he directed the Godfather trilogy. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Just for anyone who, who doesn't know who that is. Um, so Nicolas Cage is his nephew, um, which is a Nicolas pretty Cage cool. is an actor. He's in things like <laughs> Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider. On air. <laughs> uh, Wicker Man. Yeah. Or, yeah, I think it's Wicker Man. The bees. It's one of the best. Um, Sorry, real quick. um, Back to uh, back to the Northman real quick. I I looked that one up and realized that Ethan Hawke is in that. And he's also in uh, in Moon Knight. And uh, he's fantastic in Moon Knight. Um, So I that (laughs) might be enough. I I want to watch more stuff from Ethan Hawke. He seems like a very good actor. You should watch White Fang. All right. That's the next on the list, then. I haven't seen much with Ethan Hawke, but I did watch a movie uh, when I was younger called Assault on Precinct 13. It has Ethan Hawke, I, I think John Leguizamo, um, a couple other, couple other big, big actors. But um, it's kind of a generic, like, uh, hostage movie. You know, he Ethan Hawke plays a cop, and they're like, being attacked by people who are trying to take the precinct over. Um, it's pretty good, pretty good from what I remember. So you should check that one out. 
all right i'll add that to the watch list as well it looks like that it might be a uh, um a uh, remake of a 1976 movie oh yeah that sounds about right i think i've yeah sounds right interesting cool i added to, to the watch list so um even though it's got a, a lower Metacritic, it's got a 54 Metacritic score. Are you sure this is the movie you want me to watch with Ethan Hawke in it? I, I never said it was good. Well, I did say it was, it's not amazing, but it's a, if you, you're wanting to watch kind of a, a action thriller with Ethan Hawke in it, like just, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a popcorn flick. It's got Lawrence Fishburne, Johnny Legs, uh, John Rule. It's uh yeah, so um, with um, Lawrence Fishburne, real quick fun fact. Uh, have you ever seen the uh, uh, Samuel L. Jackson in some interviews where he'll oh, no. wear a shirt that says, I am not Lawrence Fishburne? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm aware of this, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, he, uh, 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 an interviewer mis- mistook Samuel L. Jackson for Lawrence Fishburne once, and uh, very embarrassing for the interviewer. <laughs> Samuel Jackson did not like it. Oh, I'm sure he did not take that. <laughs> no, he's a shirt. So, uh, moving on. Fast 10 is officially titled Fast X. And I don't know why, but I just thought that was so funny. I'm like, just seeing the title Fast X, I don't know. I just Vin Diesel makes me laugh. He's he's so he takes himself so seriously. And uh Brie Larson, I think, just joined the cast. And he uh he like put on Instagram or tweeted like welcome to the family to Brie Larson. I just he it's I love how seriously he takes these movies. It's so funny to me. And uh every time I look up something or find out something about the fast series, it's just hilarious to me. Looking at this cast, I am yeah, Brie Larson looking great. Uh, we got uh, Jason Momoa, Charlie Theron, John Cena, Cardi B. Rock, the Rock has said no. The Rock return. said no, but Bow Wow is in it, so. Oh, boy. Michael uh, Rooker and Kurt Russell's back. Yeah, I don't even know when that's releasing, but um, yeah, there it they is. They should, totally should have done Fast 10 Years ago. Fast? Tender seatbelts would have been so much better. It looks like release date May tw- May nineteenth, twenty twenty three. Okay, okay. So we've got about a year. Cool. Oh, I realize. So this is a sequel to F nine, which serves as the tenth main installment and the eleventh full length film in the Fast and Furious franchise. Yeah, I think Tokyo Drift isn't counted in the uh, numbered movies. Oh yeah. So I don't know how I know that because I have never seen any of them. But I know that. We so. should we should know this. We've watched most of them recently. So we watched all of them except for um, Tokyo Drift. Tokyo Drift. I'm gonna have to watch them. I I got I gotta watch Vin Diesel take himself too seriously. I love it. Mark Sinclair. Um, so a couple more things. Fantastic Beasts has classic. Fantastic Beasts, um, The Secrets of Dumbledore has released. Uh, are you two gonna see it or just nope. Wait Every time, it, anytime I've heard anything about it, it's just been, it's it's been disappointing. And so I think maybe in uh, three weeks when it comes out on HBO Max. Uh, <laughs> three weeks? Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. 
so bad. <laughs> whatever, whatever comes out on HBO Max, we'll uh, we'll watch it. Um, it. It sounds like it was a rushed movie, and I think it seems like this is becoming a, a an ongoing symptom of a lot of new movies, like the the Star Wars sequels. I, I don't want to hate on them. I think they're really good movies, but um, they could have been so much better and they should have been meticulous meticulously planned out movies and where they had the entire trilogy ready to go and same thing with with fantastic beasts they should have had this entire story written out and ready to go and it feel it seems like they're just kind of like pulling and and changing the story as needed Um, i wholeheartedly agree i uh just even speaking about star wars it, it boggles my mind that disney decided to buy star wars and then not plan out what they were going to do with it and just just fly by the seat of their pants and go all right let's just make some movies well especially with star wars because the fans are awful and like yeah, star wars fans are the worst they are the worst <laughs> fans because like, they're so mean i think nobody hates star wars more than star wars fans Fact. <laughs> uh Vanoof, the uh director for dune he is he's taking it one movie at a time but the source material is all there like right. the story is there and so he can take it one one movie at a time because he he's working on the direction and the cinematography he's not working on the story yeah i think that's the only time well that's the true for harry potter too it's just like yeah they had the like when you're changing a book into a movie you don't have to think too much about the story because the story is there think about how are they going to convert it and make it into this beautiful masterpiece but these people are like they you know what's what's odd jk rowling is has written or is writing these movies is it odd that they're not doing well yeah (laughs) have you seen her twitter account she is not very strong with the pen right now politics aside she um she she it is weird how how disoriented like disjointed this current series is considering how i mean i i still think the harry potter books weren't as cohesive as they could have been. I don't think J.K. Rowling is, the, she likes, she's good at making a, she's good at making a universe, but I don't think she's very good at writing character development. And uh, yeah. I think now she's starting to not even know what to do with her own universe. Yeah. So it's, it's a little weird, I don't know. That's why I think the reason that Star Wars that got turned around with the Mandalorian and Boba Fett and different things and I know how you feel about Boba Fett but like they're still good stories and I think that's because of Dave Filoni and John Favreau I think they understand the material and they plan things out so that they make sense and they're enjoyable to watch and I think people definitely like those a lot more than they enjoyed the sequels and it's because they got somebody who they didn't use George Lucas. They used somebody who understood Star Wars. And, yeah. Harry Potter needs that. Harry Potter definitely needs that. If if they want to keep, I'm, I personally think it should have ended at book seven and just left it there, let the universe be alone because it was it was a good story that just ran its course and and it ended. Yeah. Um, but if they want to keep this going, they need to get better showrunners they need to get better people that are uh, better equipped better planners and and yeah what is it like what two out of the like the like two out of the main cast or like 
one's on trial and then the other one is like gone to jail like three times in the last four weeks. <laughs> yeah, WB has been uh, hiring some some whack people. People are, uh, their actors uh, in all their franchises are, are messing up a lot. So, yeah. I mean, half the people in the DC universe don't even want to be in it. Ben Affleck and, and Henry Cavill are like, you know, a foot out the door. They're like, please let me leave. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what WB is doing. They did put out that, uh, um, that new uh, request to our job posting for their own Kevin Feige. So <laughs> may God have mercy on our souls. <laughs> That's another thing. I guess we should mention Kevin Feige because he has been able to keep the universe together very yeah. well. Yeah, we're gonna talk about the MCU in just a minute. Um, I really, I want to quickly touch on uh, the Lightyear trailer. Have you seen it? The new one. Yes. Um, it really. <coughs> Sorry. It released uh, a couple days ago, and uh, like a two-minute teaser trailer. Um, I know there was one. There was a teaser that came out a couple months ago, but this was like a, a little more fleshed out. And uh, I'm not gonna lie, Lightyear looks really, really good. Do you like the animation style? I actually did. Pix like I said, Pixar is very good. <laughs> <laughs> Turning Red. Turning Red was done by Pixar, and that had really good animation. <laughs> uh, Lightyear Bankrolled looks by really Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs has just been bankrolling all of that animation since the beginning, so may he rest Lightyear. in peace. Lightyear looks really good. And uh, I'm excited for it. I, I don't remember when it's releasing. Um, I think it's in June. Could I was going to say, I think it's June, but I, that would be just a total guess. Yeah. But we'll talk about that more once the release approaches. Um, Thor. Uh, uh, what is it? Thor Love and Thunder. Yeah. And it looks pretty cool. I'm pretty excited for that. I've had Oh Sweet Child of Mine stuck in my head since that <laughs> dropped, so. Yeah, it, it was fun. I, I liked seeing the Guardians of the Galaxy in there for a little bit. I, uh, James Gunn is doing some great stuff with them. And uh, yeah, Taika Waititi, looks like we're going to get some, uh, some quality Thor out of him yet again. So that's great. I'm excited. It I'm, looks so good. Yeah, I'm so excited excited and it can i can i talk just like speculation real quick about it <laughs> go for it so we know that christian bale is gonna be playing gore the god butcher and who in in the comics as far as i understand it he was you know a devout man you know praying to the gods and everything and his wife was taken from him and the gods were silent and that's his motivation to go and become the god butcher and he gets the necroblade and it's a in in the uh in the comics it's like a blade it's a symbiote blade, um, like from Venom. And so it'll be interesting to see how they do that in, in the MCU, um, if it's going to be from the symbiotes or not. And, uh, but his motivation is still there. And in the, in the trailer, we don't see Gore the God Butcher. We, we don't see Gore, which is, you know, in many trailers, you do see the villain or at least some aspect of the villain in there. Um, and you just see the, the gods just playing and uh, just finding themselves and doing all these different things so it's interesting that we're already getting the seeds of gore's motivations even in the trailers yeah 
I think that'll be very interesting. And it'll be interesting to see the difference between Jane Foster's Thor and Thor himself and how that, how they try to overcome evil because like with Jane, she's kind of been this kind of like, she's kind of the brains behind the operation and she tries to figure it out that way or she just like gets saved by Thor type of a thing. And I'm really interested to see like her taking up the mantle and being like, I'm going to save this and how she does it because Thor is very much like, I'm going to punch a bunch of people and I'm going to figure it out. And Jane's very much like, I'm intelligent. I'm going to do intelligent things. And so I'm, I'm intrigued to see how they do that. Okay, yeah, I'm, I don't know how to feel about it, about um, Jane Foster being in. I was, I was okay with her kind of just being out of the MCU. But, um, you know, I'm not Natalie Portman's biggest fan. But uh, hopefully she brings a little more to the table than she did um, when she was, I guess, just a human. I think the human characters in Thor were all not great. So uh, hopefully like she'll be better like as... What's that? You didn't like Darcy? No. I thought she was... I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've got... Let's talk about the MCU. we are talking about mcu so let's talk from the beginning um i'm gonna just cut off cut off that that little piece of the conversation and um so wait what is in your mind what's are you talking about the beginning like iron man the first from from phase one iron man and we're gonna we're gonna just talk about the mcu for the rest of the episode uh that's all the news we have and uh dr strange is releasing soon and uh, the MCU is an unstoppable force, and it's been a part of our lives for the last ten plus years. And I think it deserves, you know, some some quality conversation. So uh, yeah, let's talk about it from the beginning. Um, we'll get around to to Thor and uh, how I feel about it in just a second. But uh, from the very beginning, the MCU has been uh, kind of uh, magical. I I grew up reading comic books um it was mostly online i would i would you know go on the computer after school or whatever and just read marvel comic books and and uh, i loved watching you know spider-man growing up um the x-men movies weren't great but um marvel is just it solidified itself as as a um really important like i i don't know thing to me uh, Stanley and Jack Kirby created a lot of characters that just really resonated with me and, and with a lot of people, especially Spider-Man. <coughs> and uh, yeah, starting in 2008 when Iron Man released, uh, you could just tell from the very beginning they had something really cool cooking up. And um, I don't know, what do you, uh, what do you two think about like phase one of the MCU, like from when, from when it started. So for just for clarification, phase one, we got Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America, the first Avenger and the Avengers. <laughs> um, I, I still remember watching Iron Man for the first time. I don't know if I've ever told Monica this story, Uh-oh. but it must've been like, like it was 0809 somewhere in there. 
and uh, I went to my dad's house for the weekend, and they told us they had this Iron Man movie, and uh, I'm sure, I, I don't know the whole story about it, I'm sure my dad and my stepmom saw Iron Man at like the checkout line at Walmart, and we're just like, oh, that looks like a kid's movie, let's, let's grab this and have sit the five kids down and they can watch this this weekend and so uh we uh we sat there um and watched iron man and i was i was hooked i thought it was the coolest thing and uh especially when he that last line when he says i am iron man and it just like i knew it was cool movies then and uh i i it took a while for me to really get into the mcu and like go to each one of them opening weekend um but i'm glad when i did (laughs) I have loved the MCU since Iron Man. Like Robert Downey Jr. coming out and like just his swagger and the way that his confidence and just like he is Iron Man in my mind. And I I loved it. And I remember going to all of the movies. I don't think I I don't think I saw Captain America the first Avenger until um for a while actually just because I was a kid and like I have five siblings and so it was hard for like my parents to get us to go to the movies and things like that but we watched I watched Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Thor and then I remember being so excited and like it was my senior year and the Avengers came out and I remember going to the movie theaters with my friends and my best friend was next to me and she's just like <laughs> when um, Cap is giving them all instructions on what to do during the Battle of New York, and he Captain America looks to Hulk, and my friend whispers next to me, "Smash!" And he goes, "Smash!" And it's just like, "Yeah, he said smash!" It's like, "Yeah, we were just so excited." And so, yeah, I yeah I love Marvel and I love comic book heroes. I since I was a little kid, I, I loved Superman, and so like. I just, yeah, I love comic books and I love superheroes. Yeah, that that first phase was really significant because it, nothing like like what they were trying to do with the Avengers um, had really been done before that point, at least not to the extent that they were doing it. Yeah, yeah, it's really hard to get, you know, 10 actors all into the same, you know, six movies and culminate in, in, keep their contracts going for that long and and they were able to pull it off and robert downey jr i love how so the mcu really differentiates itself from the from the comic books a lot from from uh, other pieces of marvel media and i really like that i know some people don't but um to me every 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 marvel thing should be different because it gives you more a more expansive like universe you know more stories to pick from when when you're talking about your favorite marvel characters and um yeah seeing it on the big screen starting with uh how this whole mcu revolved around robert downey jr's iron man uh, tony stark <coughs> was really cool because iron man at that point was kind of a second tier marvel hero um he, you know, Marvel had licensed out its major characters to, you know, Mar- Spider-Man to Sony, um, X-Men to Fox. So they were kind of like, well, I don't know, we have Iron Man, let's try doing something with that. 
and it ended up being so cool. And um, at the uh, the the end credit scene where Samuel Jackson showed up as Nick Fu- <coughs> Nick Fury. <coughs> oh, I'm so sorry. This is the worst. Um, and he, you know, said we're we're gonna put a team together. It's so cheesy, but man, you can just feel the hype simmering and like just getting ready for like, oh, okay, they're they're doing something with this. It, and Iron Man was a really good movie. Um, not amazing, but it was a, a, a fun watch. It was cool. Um, Tony Stark was was just a fun character, and, and his uh, his origin story was really engaging and uh believable robert downey jr played him so well and um (laughs) yeah they were able to pull it off really well i don't think the phase one movies were all great i think they all had some pretty uh rough times leading up to that first avengers movie and even that first avengers movie was really cheesy Uh, i don't know how recently you, you two have rewatched Today. The, the phase one. Man, they are cheesy. And, and it's good cheese. It's like, it's nice, fun cheese. And um, they kind of lost that a little bit, um, which, is, which is good and bad, I think. Um, but uh, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's a different kind of jokey feel to the, to the movies now. Yeah, yeah. I think the Avengers is really where the quipping started. Yeah. Uh, but along the way to the Avengers, um, I, I felt like a lot of the movies, like the first Thor, like we were just talking about, um, well, even just the Incredible Hulk, that was the second MCU movie. It, it is not a fun watch. I still like it, but it's pretty boring. And uh, I still watch Edward Norton. Yeah, I... I um, but with with Thor, real quick, there's I we there's a million things you can say about Incredible Hulk, and uh, that's definitely the weakest of these movies. Um, but with with Thor, I think Kenneth Branagh did an amazing job adapting comic book Thor to the to the to a movie. I but that was a good comic point. book, but comic book Thor is not a good movie Thor, and so it took. Thor, Thor the Dark World, Thor Ragnarok to find a good movie Thor. And between Taika and, and Chris Hemsworth, they've been able to develop a really um, engaging um, character. And he acts a little bit different. I was watching a video recently about whether or not they're going to include Hercules in, um, in Thor Love and Thunder, because he's one of the other gods in the Pantheon. And so he... But the, the comic Hercules is much jokier and goofier. And so if they put comic Hercules next to, next to movie Thor, it would seem like very similar characters. Whereas in the comics, they play off of each other because Thor is this much more you know, serious. You know, he's got the, the Shakespearean script on all of his, uh, for oh, his word bubbles. Yeah. Um, when he says his name, it's always this fancy name. It's like, I am Thor. It's a, he's a very, he's a different character that's built for the comics and built for the movies. And uh, I, I, I think from that perspective, 
that first Thor movie is amazing because it's 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 com- fairly comic accurate, and getting you know, the most Shakespearean director they could, Kenneth Branagh, in there is is perfect. Yeah, I think that's a huge thing. I think it's a really good bridge too, and like a Bifrost, if you will. A, <laughs> <laughs> <Stop> it. <laughs> a little rainbow bridge. I think that it's really important, and I think that the characters definitely develop into who they are as people and who they are as the actors like the actors and the characters combining and like learning themselves and I think Chris Hemsworth I think that was one of his first acting roles was Thor yeah he was 27 he was our age when he when he was Thor and well, so crazy. I think Let's he's say that. more comfortable as an actor because he's had more acting jobs so he can step into this comedic role where he's really funny and enjoyable to watch. And so that's why, and then Taika Waititi is an amazing director and he was able to direct a really good superhero movie. And I think that it was just the perfect storm when it came to Ragnarok. Yeah, I think I think you two uh, are, are doing Thor some justice because uh, I, I, do not, I do not like his first two movies. They're not, they're not great in my opinion. Oh, I'm not, I don't think movie. the... I don't think I'm the biggest Kenneth Branagh fan from I've seen a few of his movies now and and uh I still need to get around to Murder on the Orient Express and and uh, a couple other things he's done but um at the moment I'm not his biggest fan um but I agree he's pretty comics accurate um in those first couple movies um but they really did a good job at making movie Thor a good movie Thor um yeah. because but like I said, the comics and the movies should be separate. They should be different because they're different formats. They're different media. And uh, you want to be engaged the way that that medium is meant to engage you. So by having a lot of humor now, Thor is very distinct and um, identifiable within the MCU. So it's... Uh, can, I, um, can I just... I have a, uh, I have a thing with Thor. Um, and it's kind of a long explanation so please bear with me so a lot of people struggle with Thor and they struggle with the Russo brothers because they made him fat in Endgame and they use that as like a joke and things like that but for me I think that it was very important that he was overweight and that he was in this really bad place and not that being overweight means that you're in a really bad place, but for somebody whose life is hero work and being physically fit in order to like train and, and do different things, <coughs> that is essential to his character. And so I think that a lot of people didn't like that, but I think that it shows the mental state that he was in. Not that I'm saying that if you're overweight, you're in a bad mental state, but for for Thor in particular, I think that that was a really good um, way to show that. And I think they did a really good job with it because he wasn't okay. And like the different characters with through Endgame reacting in the way that they acted towards Thor, most of them were really big jerks and they did not help or support him in the way that Thor needed. And I think talking to his mother was really good and being able to go through different things and like kind of being with, and I, I really hope that they don't brush it off in Thor and Love and Thunder. And they're just like, oh, well, he lost all the weight 
and now he's like all this stuff but like he's actually working through the emotional trauma and I think that he so he it looks like he's putting away Stormbreaker and he doesn't want to fight anymore which I think will be really interesting to explain well like he's losing the weight he's getting strong again and now he's not going to fight so what is his purpose and I'm really excited I know we're going back to love and thunder but I'm I I love that I really love that they did that for him in Avengers Endgame and they really I a lot of people think they played it as a joke but I think that it was a, a crucial part in his story and him developing himself because he lost everything in Ragnarok he lost his home world he lost half of his people and like he lost his parents he lost his sister his girlfriend like every his brother and like and a very close friend like he lost everything and so I think yeah sorry I'm going on but I, I just wanted to defend that point in Marvel because I know a lot of people have issues with it but I think that I I personally don't take issue that Thor was fat uh, they they do have a lot of fat jokes in in Endgame directed at Thor and that's kind of his whole purpose of being in the movie is is a uh, I was really put off by how many fat jokes they just directed at Thor for no reason. And it was just really off-putting, but I do agree that the, the idea of that arc um, is, is really nice. And, and seeing they did have a lot of good scenes and I don't think the Russo brothers wrote all the fat jokes. So I, I don't think we should put the blame on them necessarily, but um, you know, there, there were, there were by the halfway point of the movie, it did become really tiresome hearing the fat jokes and just being like, okay, we get it. He's fat. It's funny. Um, so. But I think, like, I didn't think that any of those jokes were exactly funny because I think. Well, no, that, they weren't. There were so many of them, though. Yeah, but, like, I think it was because, like, I, I think that's to draw our attention to, like, this is this is the, he this is not a butt of a joke like he is in pain and this is the way he's expressing that pain and nobody's helping him they're they're just treating him like crap because they don't know what to do and so like they're in the wrong and so i think like the way that rocket reacts like he slaps him and it's just like that's not what you do when someone's in pain and i think i think that it's supposed to be like okay well I'm kind of over this because it's just like imagine how Thor feels like imagine how somebody who feels like they're unworthy and like they've lost everything in their life like how they feel and so I I think that we as a society laugh at fat jokes but we shouldn't and I think that's I don't know if that was their intent but that's my thinking is that like they we shouldn't be laughing at those jokes and we shouldn't be treating these people this way. Sure. And we, we can have different interpretations of, of uh, what, what they could have meant by something, but yeah. I think at the end of the day, we, we both, um, I think we all agree that Thor has had a, a really strong character arc through the MCU. And I think it's only because it's been able to go on for so long mm -hmm. that we've been able to see so much character development. So, and, uh, Go ahead, James. He's the first of the of the originals to have a fourth movie, which is really exciting. Mm -hmm. um, which again, it should have just been called Thor. T H O U R. Oh gosh. <laughs> uh, James, hit us with the good jokes. But um, on a serious note, I, I think I think that trauma and that response is going to be 
a major part of Love and Thunder. Um, especially because it, it'll be interesting to play against Gore the God Butcher again. I'm I'm really interested to see how they how they play this character. Um, I'm really because excited for he's against you know he's got this vendetta against gods, and so we have a situation now where Thor the God is choosing not to use his powers, and then the mighty Thor Natalie Portman's Jane Foster um, has the powers of the gods but is a human, is, is very mortal and, ex- and most likely experiencing a very moral experience. Um, and so it'll be interesting to, to see how- Do you think they're gonna do that for her? Do you think they're gonna make her sick? I think, yeah, I think they're gonna make her sick, yeah. So in, in the comics, she has cancer and when she wields Mjolnir, she's able to, she's empowered by that. And, but every yeah, time we'll, that she does we'll it, see. she gets- We'll see how they approach it. it. I think there's a, they do like to change a lot of things. So I'm not yeah. sure. It's, it's hard to tell what they, they're going to pull from the comics and what they're going to make up. Because it's always kind of a toss-up, you know? Yeah. And because they're making things more movie accurate, more, you know, more engaging as, as a movie. So, yeah. but I, th- I think it'll be interesting with that point of, of a mortal having God powers and a God choosing not to use his powers. Yeah. And then a, a man on personal vendetta against all gods. So. <laughs> yeah. But um, I guess going back to just the, the MCU as a whole, um, so the culmination of phase one going into the Avengers was really cool. And it kind of like got audience even, audiences even more excited. And they, you know, went into phase two. Uh, what was the first one of phase two? Was that so phase two was Iron Man 3, Thor the Dark World, Captain America the Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, Avengers at Age of Ultron, and Ant-Man. Okay, so phase two, I think, is really, for me, where the MCU took off. That is where it became a staple it's where it became like just something that I needed to see every time a new movie came out. Because like I said, there was a lot of cheese in phase one and uh, they had some growing pains. Captain America, the first uh, Avenger was, was pretty weak movie. I recently re- rewatched that. I was, I was going to rewatch all of the MCU. and I watched that one first. I was like, I can't do this. So I stopped. <laughs> but uh, although it does end on a really, really, nice scene where uh he wakes up in in modern day and um it closes with him saying i had a date i love that that line oh it's so good chris evans is a fantastic captain america i i they couldn't have gotten a better actor to play captain america i i love him um <coughs> so anyway phase two phase it two is really good what's that out of order <laughs> it's there there I, I saw a video about it a while ago and i am a i'm a wholehearted believer in it that age of ultron needs to come before thor uh, iron man 3 wait why is that because in iron man 3 he gets rid of his suits gets rid of the suits right okay. and then in age of ultron it's not mentioned it's just business as usual tony stark all the suits no, but he's not in the suits. The thing is, is that in Iron Man 3, he's not sleeping, he's dealing with PTSD, and he's making suits for himself. He's making these suits that, and like, he's he's working with Mach 43 or 42, I can't remember which one he's on, and he's not talking to, he's not really talking to Pepper, Pepper's kind of like, he's distanced himself from her. And then by the end of Iron Man 3, he's gotten the surgery, gotten rid of the, the arc reactor in his chest. 
and he's gotten rid of the suits that he wears but he started then making a a suit, suit of armor around the world suit of armor, but not him he's trying to take himself away from the suits and i think that's where ultron comes from is that he's trying to get someone who can take the place of iron man and that could be a suit around the world that could protect the world so he's still dealing with i think the ptsd of being attacked but he's not trying to save everybody anymore he's trying to come up with somebody else to save somebody else everybody mm. and so i think that it's in the right order i personally right. feel it's just a plot inconsistency <laughs> <laughs> i think marvel did plan everything meticulously but um it was it was a gamble they, they didn't know that we were going to be talking about it still yeah yeah kevin we were talking about kevin feige briefly earlier and he's he's a he's done a masterful job at, at creating this universe and I'm not saying every movie has been a masterpiece, but the fact that they've been able to carry this on for so long, that's some really good work that Kevin Feige's done. He has worked so hard to make this what it is. And I'm, I'm impressed that he's been able to pull it off because we've seen, we were just talking about WB and Harry Potter and, and all these other franchises that are, yeah, X-Men went on for a while and they have not been able to replicate what Kevin Feige's done with the MCU. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. How, how cohesive well, they did it. fine with days of future past but then suddenly they had to have apocalypse and the dark phoenix they know they couldn't just leave it alone so with uh with phase two though um it is the first mention of uh dr strange because Season? yeah because in, in in the winter That's soldier so yeah. uh, they uh they talk about uh stephen strange and uh but his movie isn't until uh phase three yeah and, and that's the cool thing about phase two is that it was just building up more and more mm -hmm. and uh with the introduction of guardians of the galaxy that's where i feel like they really embraced you know what? let's just get wild let's get wacky with this because up until that point everything was fairly grounded um maybe not grounded but everything was was took place on earth um, except for Thor, but even that was the, the first movie, especially was almost all on earth. Yeah. Um, but with guardians of the galaxy, we finally, we got like a space movie and it was wacky and wild. And, and that's what I love when the MCU does like is when it's wacky and wild and crazy. And it does things that you wouldn't see in other movies or universes. So phase two was really good. I, I, I don't think Age of Ultron was as good as the original, <coughs> the original Avengers, <coughs> but it still had that cohesion that that I've really enjoyed about the MCU. And then Ant Man wasn't amazing, but um, introducing again, Ant Man was kind of wacky. Just the concept of Ant Man in a in a live action movie was so funny and just fun to watch. I and Paul Rudd, man, I love Paul Rudd. So you know, I'm I'm glad that we got the Ant-Man that that we that we have because originally it was supposed to be a, a phase one movie and it was it was going to be an Ant-Man and the Wasp type movie um, so that they could be introduced as the fifth and sixth member of of the Avengers, um, which would have been really cool. But it's it's nice that we got Black Widow and Hawkeye instead and the character characterization after that. <laughs> 
I think the fact that they didn't have Batman and the Wasp in the original Avengers <coughs> helped to expand the universe early on. Like that, that constraint helped expand it, which is really nice. Yes. Yeah. Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, um, Michael Douglas. They, Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer. Well, she was That's a great, great cast. Great cast. Yeah, She's still great. <laughs> she's great. Yeah. Um, um, but moving yeah, on, you know, moving on to phase three, um, I feel like we're really breezing through this. We could spend so much more time on all these, but uh, we'll we'll do a justice in the future. Can we go um, list, uh, phase three real quick? Yeah, go ahead. So we got Captain America: Civil War, Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, Spider-Man: Homecoming, Thor: Ragnarok, Black Panther, Avengers: Endgame. Sorry, Avengers: Infinity War, Ant-Man: The Wasp. Captain uh, Marvel, Avengers Endgame, Spider-Man Far From Home. Okay, phase three. That is definitely my favorite phase because of the sheer volume of Marvel movies that we got. I think, yeah, I'll scratch that. Phase two is my favorite because how it expanded the universe, but phase three is, is great because of how much they're able to cram into it. Um. You know what? I don't know. I go back and forth, I guess. But uh, <laughs> yeah, start, it's okay. starting off with Civil War, man. It's amazing movie. Just like, just having, just being like, you know what? Let's have, um, let's have Captain America and Iron Man just have just be upset with each other because they've been upset with each other since Avengers, and like you can tell that like. Um, that Tony's been kind of jealous of Steve Rogers because his dad knew him and he talked about him and he was so impressed with him and like Tony's enough of a narcissist to kind of be upset that his father knew like cared so much and thought so well of of um, Steve and I think that kind of in the back of his head is always there and the fact that like how interconnected Bucky and Steve are with his parents is just, I think that definitely affects Tony so much. Yeah, Black Panther too, being introduced <sighs> to the war and Spider-Man. Oh my gosh, those made that movie. I don't think I would have, I like the Captain America movie, the trilogy. I think it feels like the most complete trilogy. Like if you were to just watch the first three Iron Mans, the, the first three Thors, the, the Captain America movies. I think Captain America has the best, like, trilogy to watch. Yeah. I, I feel like it's a complete story almost. And, um, but, and man, adding those two into it made it, like, that much sweeter. Even though, especially Spider-Man, I felt like was kind of shoved in there just for the fan service. Um, don't get me wrong. So worth it. I know, but I'm not mad. Like, yeah, don't get me wrong. Tom Holland is an amazing Spider-Man, and I love him. But he was definitely shoehorned into the movie. But who cares, right? Yeah, I love that. I I think what's nice about the three, um, the trilogy with Captain America is that his everything that happened to Captain America was so pivotal to the rest of the MCU. Whereas the Dark World, Ragnarok, and um, Iron Man 2 and 3, they didn't affect the rest of the MCU at all. But Captain America, like everything he did, it affected everything else. Like it got rid of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the second one. And like it started the Avengers in the first one, got rid of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the second one. And the third one, 
all hell broke loose and the Avengers are no longer friends and like all this other crazy stuff. And yeah. Yeah. And uh, just going on through, I, I, Black Panther also had a, a great character arc in that movie. Um, it's kind of a shame because I don't think his character arc was as strong in Black Panther as it was in Civil War, which is a little weird. Um, I think Michael B. Jordan's character, Killmonger, had had he was the star of Black Panther, in my opinion. And that might be that might be good in the long run. Uh, you know, again, uh, you know, unfortunately, we lost Chadwick Boseman before we were able to finish his full story. But be, having a Black Panther movie that gave that character arc to Michael B. Jordan, maybe that'll be helpful for the future. Could be, could be, especially with the multiverse. I would, man, I would love to see Michael Jordan, B. Jordan come back. Into the, into the Marvel Universe. He was fantastic. Yeah. And uh, I liked his uh, his episode, Killmonger's episode in What If. I liked that one. Um, didn't think it was very well animated, but, you know. Of course not. <laughs> so I will say that phase three um, is when I started going and seeing it um, on opening weekend. Uh, it's actually when Monica and I first started dating. Um, so we, the the week after... Uh, we were official. Uh, we went and saw Spider-Man Homecoming and I was nervous to take a girl that I just started dating to go see one of these nerdy movies. And uh, we just, we had so much fun being going and watching this movie. And I, I think pretty much all of these, we've gone and seen opening day or, or opening weekend. Um, yeah, from Spider-Man Homecoming on, except for Black Panther. Yeah. You know what? Now that I think about it, I missed most of phase two. Um, I, I went on a, a church service mission for two years and uh, I missed all those movies. I didn't see any movies during that time. And uh, I watched all of them after I returned from that, that mission. And um, that, I, I think that those movies helped me kind of re-fall in love with the MCU and remember yeah. why Marvel was so important to me. So maybe that's why, I, why it's so significant to me and we were um you know for those listening at home we, the three of us were actually all uh you know we all served missions around the same time and so we, we yeah we all kind of missed those in, in the movies and we kind of we redeveloped back into seeing movies afterwards yeah i the first marvel movie i saw when i got back was captain america civil war yeah me too yeah that was really awesome <laughs> i remember sitting uh at my grandmother's house, trying to figure out where I was going to do with everything and seeing it on Netflix. <laughs> nice. It was, uh, oh man, it was good. It wasn't on Disney yeah. Plus? No, it wasn't on Disney Plus back then. Oh, weird. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Um, so phase three goes on to, uh, I'm trying to think of the standout movies in phase three. I keep jumping to Infinity War. And Endgame? There's a lot of in between there though. Yeah, I mean, Ragnarok was really good. Black Panther was really good. Ant-Man yes. and the Wasp. Captain Marvel, I think, was a, was a really fun... Um, I think it was a fun movie, and it was also a good show of how far things have come. Yeah. Um, like, look at the de-aging technology they used in, um, in, in uh, Captain Marvel. I mean, Samuel L. Jackson already looks great for his age. And uh, putting him back into the '90s, he looked. It was it was nearly flawless. Um, it was really cool. Yeah, Although, Every, uh, his fights—you could tell he was an old man. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> he moves like an old man. Yeah. See, his little his little walk was really sweet. <laughs> yeah, I, I it, but. phase three just like they were really comfortable at that point. They were like, "Yeah, we we know what we're doing. We're we're making good movies. We're we're gonna make Thor better. We're like for for viewers. We're gonna we're gonna introduce Black Panther, and it ended up being one of their most successful movies of all time, and and resonated with people so well. And um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two was was amazing. I I am a James Gunn stand. I, I will I will always praise him. He's 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 a great filmmaker, and uh, all the, the the emotional arcs that that all the characters in, in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies go on is the, those movies stand out so much to me. I love them so much, and I can't wait for the holiday special and for Volume Three next year <laughs> but um yeah and, and there was just so much build-up at that point Thanos was coming we knew he was coming and yeah. it, it was building up to, to Avengers Infinity War and then we got Spider-Man the best Spider-Man movie we've gotten that up to that point sorry Tobey Maguire fans but Tom Holland is the best Spider-Man in live action that we've ever seen it's just the way it is <laughs> you're making statements today i will say one thing about guardians of the galaxy it holds a definitely a special place in my heart because my grandfather he died two years ago so my father he would watch he would watch movies and different things and he liked to watch guardians of the galaxy and i was just like why does he like to watch this movie and one day i looked over at him and he's just got these tears running down his face when yondu died and like he didn't have a perfect relationship with his father because you know his father was born in the 20s and so you know how that goes <laughs> and i just think that there was just this beautiful moment where my father was able just to kind of have this little cry after his father died and so that just that makes me think of a very special moment for me remembering my father and so I just love that MCU can touch us in just so many different ways and speak to us. And yeah, that's, that's really sweet. Thank you, for, thank you for sharing that. I, I appreciate that. Um, but Infinity War and Endgame. Yes. Oh, man. Oh. Just the fact that they could have so many just huge actors in one movie and like not have it feel like it's overwhelming is just amazing. And the yeah. timing too. Imagine if it was delayed a year or two. Right. <laughs> James, you're you're a big fan of the Russo brothers. Um, we, we talk about them a lot, and uh, I think you especially like they. Re you really like them, and uh, I like listening to you talk about them because I feel like you appreciate what they do so so much, and um, I, I just want to hear you talk about what they they did with the MCU. Thank you. I that, that's fun. Yeah. So. Um, um let me i'm just gonna pull up some details so i i know i'm gonna be uh um so i'm no mostly correct so joe and anthony russo they they're just this amazing director duo um and they <laughs> oh i didn't realize they were they're uh they're born in cleveland ohio i guess that kind of makes sense <laughs> so they uh my, my favorite thing about them is that they they started with TV shows and they were doing things like, like community and happy endings. And uh, going back there, they, were, they had some other ones early on, um, but they practiced and they, 
they had this this way of of directing those shows that influenced the later movies that they would direct and so if you go back and you watch uh community i mean there's 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 scenes in community that are almost identical to scenes and shots in in the winter soldier and uh it's it's beautiful all the uh all the uh, actors from Community have shown up in the MCU as well. Uh, not maybe not all of them, but a lot of them yeah. have. Most of them, yeah, and, and and it's usually just minor roles, but it's yeah. Yeah. It's, it's cool it's to see them. Link and you miss it, yeah. But you can see that they they work together and they practice these these concepts, um, and then they later put those into practice in the MCU, and uh, so they have this way of being able to. Um, they're one of the few directors in uh, in Hollywood right now that can bring together these large group uh, movies, which is what what the MCU what earmarks the MCU right? Like having team up movies like the Avengers, um, like Guardians of the Galaxy, and things like that. And so you need a director who can bring those things together, and uh, and Joe and Anthony Russo are the ones that can do that because they cut their teeth doing things like Community and Happy Endings. I still have yet. To to watch the ending to happy endings um the last episode the last episode but the episodes that they did direct were good and then with community it's yeah so i think you hyped me up too much and i got nervous there <laughs> i'm sorry james i'm just spinning I, <laughs> I just really like hearing you talk about them because uh they're, they're a bit of an inspiration to me i uh they're brothers you know and and uh it's really cool to hear about two brothers working together and making something so big and, and, you know, being together as brothers. Uh, I, I, uh, I graduated college uh, with my bachelor's degree pretty recently. And um, my brother just graduated um, the other day and we have talked about uh, going, we, we graduated with degrees in psychology. So we're going into very similar fields and um We've talked about working together in the future someday, possibly like just toying around with the idea. And, and like, that's kind of an inspiration to me of like, they can make it work so well. And, and I kind of would like that if, if, if by the end of my life, I would have done something significant with my brother, that will have been something really cool to me and uh, just important to me. So yeah, I, I, I like them a lot. They make good stuff and uh their, their movies are, are some of the best the MCU has seen. They're very good directors. I, I hope that they come back. Um, you know, I, I think having a Secret Wars, like having them in for Secret Wars would be great. Um, I, I hope that they can consult on things like Fantastic Four because that's one area that I think that they oh, yeah. phenomenally well. They, well. They, I think they'd be great with, to, uh, to, to, to have with, the, with all the big team-ups. Definitely. Especially because Joel McHale's coming in as Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> no misinformation, James. Stop it. Um, hey, he'd be he'd be something. He he would actually be a great Mr. Fantastic. That would be fun to watch. Yeah. Wasn't um, he um he was in another movie? I can't remember uh which which Hold on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look up a, a fact and you, you keep going about the- Yeah, while you do that, um, I, I just want to talk about, uh, is it Josh Brolin? Spider-Man, he was in Spider-Man, that's what he was in. Joel McHale? Yeah. Which, uh, which one? 
he was in um during a bank heist he was one of the uh one of the guys. oh yeah and he tries to take one of the coins and then aunt may slaps it out of his hand that's the one he's in the oh, second really? one yeah. yeah no way oh cool yep spider-man 2 Mr. oh interesting I, like, I did not know that you're welcome <laughs> well anyway um is it josh brolin who played thanos is that his name yes yes okay man Thanos had so much buildup. You know, we, we had seen snippets of him for, for 10 years. And we, the fact that he was able to come in and have a full character arc in one movie after teasing him all, after all this time, I did not expect very much from Infinity War. I thought it was going to be kind of a mess. You know, it's a, a lot of characters in one movie. The Russo brothers did a wonderful job with balancing everything. And they also managed to cram in a full ca- character arc for, for Thanos. Yeah. And to end with him winning at the end was something that I did not expect to see in a Marvel movie. There, a lot of the Marvel movies are really safe. They play it safe. The good guy always wins. Nobody dies um, with very few exceptions. And the fact that he killed half the characters by the end of the movie and he won. And, and it had the, the farm scene. That was crazy that they put the farm scene in, into the into the movie to me. With, to, I, I, I'm a st- stuttering over my own words because I'm, I'm like getting excited thinking about how intense Infinity War and how good Josh Brolin did and how how strong Tony Stark's character arc was and how the balancing acts that the Russo brothers did. It was all just so fun and it was so intense and it was just a this event it wasn't even a movie it was an event it was crazy and it I was i couldn't watch i couldn't re-watch infinity war for like a year like it took me a good like six months to rewatch it because i was like so hurt that all of the people <laughs> had like gone and i was just like i don't know how they're gonna come back and i remember just sit, after the the movie just sitting in my seat just watching the credits roll i'm like what yeah it's and like after captain america was just like what did he say did he say like oh my gosh or like he was just like what or like he said something and then it was just blank movie what yeah yeah and uh and then it went into you know we had to wait a year we didn't even know the title for endgame until a few months before it released that it drove everybody crazy no one knew what was going on. We all wanted answers. And then Ant-Man and the Wasp came out and uh, Scott Lang was um, trapped in, in the uh, quantum realm. And, you know, we're all just like, what's going on here? It was so, man, that was such a fun time. I can't wait for Marvel to get back to that point where we're all like, what's going on? What's happening next? Um, and we're, we're almost there with Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, I... <laughs> We'll, we'll get to the phase four in just a sec. Um, I, w- I do want to wrap this up pretty soon. So uh, uh, we're going to speed around Endgame a little bit. But, you know, it was, it was a perfect ending to, to the MCU, in my opinion. Uh, if, if they stopped with Endgame, I would have been happy. Uh, if they just never made another Marvel movie after that, I would have been satisfied because it was a perfect ending. Tony Stark's sacrifice was perfect. Captain America choosing to move on was perfect. Plot inconsistencies aside, I, I, those things don't really bother me. 
because I know movies are just, you know, they, they change things as they go. Um, you know, uh, Captain America giving the shield to uh, Sam, Sam Wilson and, and passing the torch. <coughs> Thor, um, at, by the end of the movie, kind of coming to terms with the fact that, you know, he was able to overcome his, his weaknesses and, and um, kind of go, start going on adventures with the Guardians of the Galaxy and, and join them. And everything was just such a great ending. And um, yeah, and just masterful work by the Russo brothers. Again, Infinity War and Endgame, I don't feel like we're just movies. Um, I, don't, I don't think they're even particularly like good standalone movies by themselves, but they were, they were amazing events and it's so much fun to think about them and to, to, to rerun them in my head and even rewatch them and And then, uh, yeah, ended up with uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, which, again, this, this uh, iteration of Spider-Man is my favorite live-action one. Uh, Tom Holland is, is great. And Jake Gyllenhaal was a, an incredible Mysterio. And uh, he did so good. Yeah. And especially like, right after I watched, right after I watched Endgame, I was, I was done. I was like, okay, if I never see another Marvel movie, I'll be okay. And then Spider-Man right after that, I was like, oh. They still got some blood in them, like they still have life in them, and then they're gonna keep going. But sorry, go ahead. I yeah, I really liked Jake Gyllenhaal. I he was such a lovable character. I believed him because like I heard Mysterio, and they're like, no, Mysterio is a bad guy, and I was just like, I had a seed of doubt in my head. But Jake Gyllenhaal, the way he played Mysterio, it was just like I believed him. I was just like, there's another world he's a good guy. I trust him with my life. And so the moment in the bar scene where things just like unraveled and like kind of explained what was going on, I was just like, I was hoodwinked. I was fell for it. It was definitely a good twist. Oh yeah. So, um, you want to move on to phase four? Sure. Apparently. We, uh, um, Phase four is uh, movies, is Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternals, Spider-Man No Way Home, and then next, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And TV shows is WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki, What If, Hawkeye, and Moon Knight. And that's so far. Right, yeah. Phase four is pretty big. I think, uh, is this the last year of phase four? Is this? No, no. Um, the, the following films are... Uh, Thor, Love and Thunder, uh, Wakanda Forever, The Marvels, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, and then Fantastic Four. The last one with a date is uh, Ant-Man, Quantumania, July 28th, 2023. Okay. And I know they did announce uh, a Blade movie as well is in development. And I think Deadpool 3 is going to be an MCU movie. Mm -hmm. um, it's getting pretty wacky at this point. So I'm all in on um the future but uh the present is not great in my opinion i have felt that the last couple years of the mcu have been a complete waste of time um with some high points um like i said what if had two really good episodes uh, overall i think it was pretty weak i i enjoyed some episodes more than others two episodes really stood out the doctor strange episode and the the one where ultron got the infinity stones and uh discovered that he was in a multiverse 
those are really good episodes. But man, starting starting off with Black Widow, a character who died in Endgame and should have gotten her own movie five years ago, was yeah, yeah was a really bad way to start off this phase. And uh, I actually. Black Widow wasn't amazing, but I actually really liked Scarlett Johansson in it. I think Black Widow has been one of the worst characters in the MCU, but uh, they finally decided to start giving her some decent character development, like in the last two or three movies she was in. And uh, Black Widow, she got some as well, and, and but she was already dead at that point. So it was hard to care. You know what I mean? Yeah. I cared about Elena though. I love, I love Florence Pugh. I think she's amazing, and I love watching her. Like I first saw her in Fighting with My Family, and I couldn't even tell that it was the same person. And from that movie to the next in Little Women, and like, it's just um, crazy. I just I love Florence Pugh, and I love her as Elena. And Black Widow and Hawkeye, like, I love her. Yeah. Um, but even moving on to, to Shang-Chi, the first third of Shang-Chi was pretty strong. And then it just kind of fell apart, in my opinion, um, especially the, the middle section of the movie. Uh, it was really, really weak. Um, and then, you know, the, the TV shows, I really was engaged with WandaVision, but I hated the ending so much that it, it almost ruined the whole show for me. Um, I just hated that WandaVision or Wanda was going through so much like grief and, and it all kind of just, just like resolved itself. Like, oh, Vision's back. Oh, you know, you, you have your powers. Oh, who cares? You know, you know, oh, you're, you'll get your children back probably in the new Doctor Strange movie when you're in it. Like, I don't know. I, I felt like it, it didn't take the pain that the show was telling me that she was in. It didn't take it seriously. And that kind of annoyed me. And then also, again, pulling the multiverse rug out from under us again, right after we had just gotten that in Spider-Man. Like, I, I'm, I'm a little over it at this point. We're finally getting multiverse stuff in Doctor Strange, and it's taken so long to get to this point. So, I don't know. This, <laughs> this phase has been making me a little mad. With, I think with it'll, along. it'll be interesting to see what happens with... Um um with multiverse of madness i think it's been building to this and this is a big movement forward um where in the earlier phases there were like phase one and two there were like there are so few movies that there are lots of steps forward right where that with phase four now like there's like half steps forward and then once once all those are made then like the, the whole phase can take a full step forward yeah, I think I think it's those half steps that's bothering me. And and plus the emotional investment isn't there for me anymore. Um, I was so emotionally satisfied with Endgame and Spider-Man Far From Home that I'm just kind of like, I, I need a reason to be invested in this. And they're not giving it to me yet. Especially uh, The Eternals. I thought The Eternals was really weak. Oh, yeah. Um, that's the worst MCU movie. Yeah, it cinematography was amazing. But uh, it is a boring movie to watch. Um, it, it didn't even feel like a Marvel movie. No, it didn't. Like, other than the references to it, but like yeah. um, it felt very disconnected and 
hopefully some of those characters can get a better shot in some of the newer stuff but we'll see what happens yeah yeah but that's kind of where we are at this point uh dr strange is coming out in a couple weeks i don't know if i'll be able to see it by the next episode because uh our next episode is the day after it releases and uh i i see all these movies with my wife and and she's only home on the weekends for now so we're gonna try and figure that out but uh if we can't swing it we're not gonna talk about dr strange just yet so if we can we will but uh i'm i'm cautiously optimistic for the future of the mcu i'm a little worn out because we've gotten a lot of mid stuff since Endgame and, and Far From Home. Uh, no Way Home, Spider-Man No Way Home was, was great, but that's the only diamond in the rough right now for me. Um, I'm about to start Hawkeye this weekend, finally. So there's that. Um, yeah. Any other thoughts on... Uh, where you, you're, you're expecting the MCU to go or how, how you're feeling about it? I'm loving it. I've liked all of the, the TV shows and the movies, but I just, like, I'm a person, I think the reason why I like it is because I'm the type of person that can eat the same sandwich and the same dinner every day for a week and not get sick of it. And so, like, yeah, just give me the same, just give me the same movie with the same characters. I'm happy. And like, I think that works really well with my anxiety too, because it's just like, oh, I know these people. I don't have to get to know new characters. And so I'm just really happy, but I can totally see where you're coming from and how you yearn for more because we have gotten more. But I was thinking about it the other day and I was just like, I feel like we're so spoiled because like, we have this beautiful like we've got marvel and like something that's never existed before and we're just like eh and it's just like it's just this movie experience that has never happened and like people other other companies are trying to replicate it and they just can't and like not that i'm saying you can't be disappointed but like just we're a part of something that like we're going to be able to show our children too and like, we were talking the other day, uh, all of us, we were talking and we were talking about showing our kids the Star Wars and how we want to keep like the big reveal a secret. And so it's just like, I'm excited. I just like thinking of sharing this with our daughter is just makes me happy. And I love all of the characters and I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm the least harsh critic when it comes to these movies and you and James are, 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 are sometimes a little harsh, but I think that's okay. You're allowed to be, but I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, let me dance in my field of roses for just a minute and enjoy these movies. <laughs> yeah. I do feel a little bad, especially when you two talk about Thor and I'm just like, no, that movie's bad. Stop it. <laughs> that movie's crap. You stop it right now. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah it's it means so many things to so many of us and uh you know it's uh i talk about the mc with my, my siblings all the time in our, our sibling group chats and um it's, it's just a fun it's a fun thing to have in our lives james do you have any closing thoughts about the mcu i i'm, I'm really enjoying it um unlike my wife i can't have the same thing every day 
but <laughs> but I uh, I do like the stories, and they're they're just really good stories. Even uh, even though some of the shows are a little bit slow, and I think some of it is due to the pandemic and and the constraints that we were given during that time, but I'm I'm loving the direction that they have Moon Knight in. Nice. and so cool. i'm interested to see how that's going to play into other shows in the future oscar isaac is the, is the one of the first actors to be signed as a hero in the mcu to not have a multi-production contract right. one yeah. and that's it and that's so, crazy yeah it'll be really cool to see some other other actors get brought in and do that um but you know, at that same time, now they don't have these multi-picture contracts, you know, seven seven movies that they have to sign for. So they right. can't plan it out as much, but I think they're, they still can do a lot of planning. So I'm yeah. excited. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for discussing the MCU with me. I really don't feel like we did it justice. We, we really rushed through all four of those phases. So in the future, I'm sure we'll give a little more attention to, uh, individual movies or individual phases but um it was nice to kind of reflect on the whole thing because I'm, I'm feeling all sorts of emotions now and i i feel like i need to go re-watch um starting uh with phase three i feel like so we'll see um dr strange is coming out soon can't wait for that uh miss marvel is releasing soon as well i'm looking forward to watching hawkeye and moon knight and i'm just i'm, I'm, I'm happy we have all this marvel content so all right. Well, uh, with that, this, uh, this podcast is a wrap. Um, I, uh, let's see. Let's, uh, yes. You can follow our Instagram at maybe good movies. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Jacob G O T M. Um, Monica and James have uh, letterboxed accounts. Uh, they, they discussed their, uh, your names on it before. Um, I don't remember what they are. I'm sorry. We'll put we'll put a post a post up on Facebook about it as well. Sure. Instagram. 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 Instagram right. Instagram. Um, and then beyond that, um, oh, I forgot to announce I uh, got into grad school, so that's pretty awesome. Yay! I'm excited for that. Uh, so we'll be going to grad school in the fall, so kind of just twiddling my thumbs until then, uh, working on this podcast. So, uh, thank you for listening. And uh, take care. Bye.